Torah says that um, Moshe Rabbeinu gathered the Jewish people together and he told them six days you should work six days work should be done and the seventh day is the day of double Shabbos 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 so it seems like Moshe was guiding Jewish people to tell them there's a mitzvah called Shabbos but that mitzvah they know already from the Ten Commandments so why is it to gather them together again and tell them six days you should work they know, they know six days they work and the seventh day is Shabbos What's the meaning of them gathering them together again? What's the purpose of that? And also, in the Torah, it calls Shabbos here the day of double Shabbos. Why double Shabbos? Usually Shabbos Shabbos refers to Yom Kippur. And here it says, talking about a regular Shabbos, six days you work, six days you work, and the seventh day is double Shabbos. Why double Shabbos? Another question is, when did Moshe meet the Jewish people? What day was this? It was the day after Yom Kippur. So why specifically meet them after Yom Kippur to tell us to them? There must be something about what he told them that relates to Yom Kippur. And also, the Torah says he gathered them. Whenever Moshe spoke, the Jewish people gathered together. So what's the meaning of, of the Torah emphasizing he gathered them together? So the answer is, to all these questions, is one answer. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't telling them the mitzvah of Shabbos. He was telling them the mitzvah of the weekday. He was telling them how to get to Shabbos. How is it possible Shabbos comes and all of a sudden, relax, feel good, no worries. It's impossible. If the whole week you have all these worries on your head and you're disturbed, you try to turn off, turn off on Shabbos, it doesn't turn off. You know, right? You know, I know. It's hard to. It's very hard to, if the whole, so. So Moshe tells us, not that it's hard to, he tells us there's a system. There's a system of how to get to Shabbos being Shabbos. What's a system? The system is six days work should be done. Not you should work, the six days work should be done. What's the difference? Six days you should work means that you're the guy, that you're the guy making everything happen, that you're the guy in charge, that you, it's your mind and your, and your decisions that are making the money, and it's your mistakes that are messing things up. You feel that you're the guy who makes it happen. Six days work should be done means that you realize that you're not really the one who makes things happen. You realize that it's, you're just, the work is being done. The work is happening, but not you are the one who's making you're it making happen. The effort. It's happening by itself. It's as if you're letting go and Hashem is doing it. The truth is, halachically, it should be forbidden to work. Why should it be forbidden to go to work? Because the Torah says that when you're in front of a king, not to move. Not to move in front of a king. So you're going and you're in front of Hashem. You're, you're always in front of Hashem, right? In front of Hashem, you're saying, okay, um, I need to get something. And you're going out to work. So why are you allowed to go and, and work and try to get something? It's, it's forbidden. In front of the king, you're allowed to move in front of the king. You're going to get something? The king, the king can give it to you. Why are you going out to do something? The Torah says, six days you should work. But it's only permissible to work the way the Torah says to work. How are you supposed to work during these six days? There were these three guys stuck on an island with a can of tuna. And they're trying to figure out what to do. One of them was a scientist, Yankel, the scientist, Schmerl, the uh, engineer, and Beryl, the economist. So Yankel, the scientist, says, you know what we're going to do? We'll put this can of tuna out near the water and the sun, and erosion 
will get to this can and all of a sudden the tuna will come out. After some time, the erosion will, no problem. The engineer says, we'll take these rocks, we'll put them together, we'll bang like this, we'll bang like that, and it's going to open the pressure and the leverage. You know what the economist says? The economist says, well, suppose we had a can opener. <laughs> There's no can opener. <laughs> so, when you speak on Shabbat, if you don't mind. I like that one. The, 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 um, the challenge of looking heavenward towards, towards, the, towards our Parnassah is that we don't see it. But the truth is the mitzvah of trusting in Hashem is called to have bitachin. It's also called tikva. Tikva means to have hope. But the word tikva, the root of the word tikva is kave. Kave means to draw a line. To picture the brachas of Hashem happening already. To picture Hashem's bracha is coming down. Not just... What does it mean to, to, to have hope in Hashem? It's not, if it's there, you have it in cash. You don't have to have hope. If it's not there, you're supposed to believe and think and picture and feel it's already there. And to move, the war, move all the worries from your heart. The uh, faucet of Parnassah is open and there's plenty of water. And all that, that's, 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 that's closing it is our worries. Our worries make that, that pipe smaller and less can come down and slower and it comes down slower. When we feel good and we trust in Hashem, it opens it up wide. So then more can come down and more can come down faster. Actually, there was a couple, they were started seeing success in their business the month of Sivan. I told this to you, right? They wrote to the Rebbe, they started seeing more animation in their business the month of Sivan. And the Rebbe said, it's very apropos. Why? Why do you have more bracha for, for physical things month of Sivan? Because Hashem married us. He married us. Where's our ring? The ring that Hashem gave us is his is, is his responsibility to take care of our, all of our physical needs. So since Hashem took upon Himself, He gave us the ring in the month of Sivan, therefore it makes sense that doors open, right, Michal? Doors open in the month of Sivan, and so, so, so it's up to us to uh, hold that faucet open by, by believing that Hashem is, took that responsibility, that's His responsibility, He's taking care of us, and all we are meant to do is what Hashem asks us to do. People always have this issue I don't have enough time to enjoy the money that I'm making, and I'm not making enough money. What's a brilliant response to that? Brilliant response is, don't work on Shabbos. And you'll make more money, and you'll have day to enjoy it. But that's not, it's impossible. It's impossible. You're going to work less and make more money? No, it, it is because the one who's giving you the money is David. Yeah, just like the Shemitah year. Huh? The year. Exactly, exactly. So the Shemitah year is an extreme thing. Hashem says, don't work for a whole year. <coughs> But every week Hashem tells a little smaller thing, don't work for a whole day. But here Moshe Ben tells the Jewish people something else, don't work any day at all. Never work. Never work at all. You always have to feel that every day is Shabbos, because it's not you making things happen. Six days work is supposed to be done, but you're not really making it happen. You're just holding out a cup, and, the, and what's happening is the faucet, the, the rain is coming from Hashem. You're not doing anything. If you pick on the biggest cup, there was a lady... She asked Rebbe Hashab for a bracha for her parnasa, and she asked him if she, she should open up a second business. She wanted to open a second business. She had a business, a successful business. It wasn't enough or it was enough. She wanted to open up a second business. Rebbe Hashab told her, if you add a second faucet to a wine barrel, no more wine comes out, only the wine that's in the barrel, right? So, so if we felt that way, so then we wouldn't feel concerned the whole week what we're doing. We feel it's, we can't make it or break. It's not up to us. Like the famous story, the Mitla Rebbe, Mithra Rebbe was once 
outside the Altar of his room when he was a child. And he, told, he saw one of the Hasidim t- t- asking the other, Rabbi Gorari, asked Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel Munkus, asked Rabbi Gorari, how are things going? And Rabbi Munkus said, times are tough. Sorry, Rabbi Gorari said, times are tough and business is slow. So Mitla Rabbi said to Rabbi Munkus, why are you asking him why he looks like that? Why he looks sad? Why, why, what's going on with him? Don't you know why people get sad? It says in Tilim people get sad. What does it say in Tilim? In Tilim it says, their idols are made of silver and gold, the work of the hands of man. They have eyes that do not see, they have ears that do not hear, they have mouth that cannot speak, they have a nose that cannot smell. Said the Mitla Rebbe, the words, their idols, also could be translated as their sadness. Atzabeyem means their idols, also means their sadness. Why does a person have sadness? Because as the verse continues, silver and gold people think are the work of the hands of man. The moment you think that it's you who's doing things and you don't realize the truth has nothing to do with you, no matter whether you make money, don't make money, you're going to be sad. You should be making more money, you should have made this thing, you should have made that thing. As long as you feel you're the one making it happen, you're going to be depressed, for sure. And what happens then when you get depressed? Pelam, you have a mouth. You say words of davening. You're not there. You see divine providence. You don't see it. You smell, you, 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 your, 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 your sense of smell of, of, of the atmosphere, of the Abish's presence, it ain't there. It ain't there. So where does it all come from? It comes from this mistake. You think that silver and gold is the work of the hands of man. You think that's you doing it. If you think you're doing it, the davening doesn't go, the, you say chassidus doesn't go, the nothing works. So what's the key? The key is to realize it's not you. And that's how idolatry started. What were the, who were the first idolaters? The first idolaters were people who believed that Hashem created the world, but they said, Hashem gave us the sun. We have to honor the sun. The sun gives us warmth. The sun gives us heat. The, the zodiac, it's a Sagittarius that Hashem functions through Sagittarius and Scorpilicious and whatever their names are. We have to honor Scorpilicious and bring altars and sacrifices and temples to Virgil and Yurgo and whatever. Then, then they'll give us more. The Abishter made them, yes, but they have free choice. They can give more. They can give less. Let's honor them. Their children saw them honoring the sun and the moon. They said, well, this is it. And they forgot about Hashem completely. But what was the mistake? The sun is the way Hashem gives light to the world. Hashem does give sustenance through the angels, which are connected to the mazales, through the stars. There's a connection. But they're nothing. Like the axe in the hand of the woodchopper. They don't have a power. They don't have free choice. They're nothing. They're just like an axe in the hand of a woodchopper where the, the woodchopper is knocking down the tree, not the axe. It's just a tool. Hashem, the sun doesn't give us light. Hashem gives us light. It's just a tool called the sun. So the first idolaters, what they do, they believe the intermediary was the source of everything. They believe the intermediary has, not the, not the source of, they believe the intermediary has a power too. Also has a power. Ask any self-respecting businessman even though he's very, very from, you say, hey, why don't you come and uh, spend some more time, if I bring in another shear, ah, Rabbi, I'm, I'm really busy, I gotta, I gotta make money, and I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Yeah, but Hashem gives pranasa. Yeah, yeah, Hashem gives pranasa, but I, I gotta make the keli. Is that true? Is that true? Is that right? Is that correct? Is that, it, it, Hashem tells you to make a vessel, it's true, Hashem is telling you to make a vessel, but it's not dependent on your vessel. It's not dependent on what you're doing. You're just commanded to make a slight vessel, something that, that could be an excuse so it's not a miracle. The purpose of why Hashem tells us to make a vessel, Adam and Eve didn't have to work. Adam and Eve didn't work. 
there was after the sin of the tree of knowledge, Hashem gave them the mitzvah or the, the responsibility to work. People weren't created like ants. Ants don't have anything to worry about. There are other creatures. They just eat and they live a whole life. They don't have to, they don't have to worry. They, don't have to, they were created with their function of how they're supposed to sustain themselves. Why weren't we created, we created with a, a way to earn money, a way to live? Why, do, why are we the only creatures that don't have this thing? We weren't created with, with the specific talent of building homes or planting and plowing. What, what's, why, why are we created with a, We have to figure everything out ourselves. Why? Because we have to rectify the sin of Adam and Eve, the sin of the first idolaters. And what's, what's how to rectify the sin? Their mistake was they believed the intermediary had power. They believe the son has power in its own. The son has free choice. In a similar way, the Gemara says that people outside of Israel, the Gemara says they serve idols in a more refined way. They serve idols in a more, how do they serve idols in a more refined way? They don't bow their heads to an idol, but they, they, with their mind, in a more subtle way, they ascribe some significance to their business. They feel their business has some power. They feel there's something in that thing itself that does something. There's something in the business that has some power. Everyone feels that way. Not because that we don't believe in Hashem, because since we're so involved with it and we're thinking about it, we're involved with it, so we naturally feel it, does, it must be something here because we're doing it all day. It must be, has some power. To believe it's absolutely nothing, that's a challenge. And that's why Hashem made us to have a need to work to be able to to rectify the sin of the tree of knowledge and the sin of, of the first idolaters, to on the one hand, Hashem tells us, be involved. Okay, you have to work. On that, you have to realize it's absolutely nothing. It's not you who does anything. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's difficult. Well, it's, it's a combination. A person builds a business, they build it, they, they create it. I mean, you know, there's an investment in there. That's right. When you invest in something, you believe that there's something there. You bring all your purpose you, into it. Oh, so it's natural to feel that there's something here, but you the truth think, is... The perspective is that the truth is your business will not be successful. Hashem doesn't want to be successful. So the point is, you know, you can get lost in the process. Right. And we all do. Naturally, we all do. We have to realize our default setting is to get lost. Not to get lost is novel. It's not like... It was once this. Oh, now I'll tell you about the twice. Very good. Let's go back to our questions. Six days you should work. No. Six days work should be done. Every day is like Shabbos. If every day is like Shabbos, then Shabbos is double Shabbos. Double Shabbos. Here, here, yes, see. If every day is like Shabbos, and Shabbos is a double Shabbos. So during the week and during Shabbos. Oh, the whole week is supposed to be like Shabbos. The whole week is like Shabbos. The whole week you're not real, you, you don't have a high blood pressure. The whole week you don't have anxiety. The whole week you feel the Abish is taking care of me. It comes Shabbos. Yeah, be talking. The whole, every day is like Shabbos. Then when it comes Shabbos, what happens? You, you really relax. You really relax. You have a higher level of Shabbos. So Moshe has been his tongue to the Jewish people. He's gathering them together. He's telling, he gathers all the souls of the Jewish people. And he tells them about all of time. The six days represents all of time. And the next we're going to talk about the building of the tabernacle, which is all kinds of work. So he gathers all of time and all of space and all of activity. And he says, guys, is this, this is what's going to bring Mashiach. What's going to bring Mashiach and the Jews in the phys- soul and the body, in the physical world. And he's in a place where there is this confusion. Is it me or is it the business? And he s- perceives and he pierces through the opaque veneer of the physical world. And he realizes the divine providence. And the truth is, the businessman sees a lot more than, than anybody else. If you're in business, you see, you, the previous Shabbat said these words. Every businessman could look back at the last day, the last week, and they could see that, not just every business, every person the previous Shabbat said, could look at the past day and the past week, and they could see divine providence vividly, how things connect in the way they didn't know how they're going to connect. That every person, 
could do that in the last day, in the last, as the previous Shabbos said. So we could see it vividly, and it's up to us to, to choose how we, how we look at it. We could look at it as way externally, and, and it do be a little subtle form of idolatry, and there's some force over there, or we could go with the Munah. I'll conclude with this, let you guys go. There was a, I was in this store, I'll tell you one story, let you go. Mm-hmm. I was in the store in Crown Heights. No, two minutes. I was in the store in Crown Heights, and I complimented the, the manager. I said, what a nice guy, such a, what service, amazing, wow, yeah. He says, <laughs> They tell it to me in Aramaic. So what's Aramaic? To translate into Aramaic, so what are you talking about? He says, tell, what is that you telling me that I'm great? Tell my boss. Tell my boss. <laughs> Translate unculus. In davening, every day we say Hashem is true. Then we say after we're true, we say v'yatsiv. What's v'yatsiv? Yatsiv is true in Aramaic. Why, why can't we just say it's true in Hebrew? Why do we say it's true in Aramaic? Because it, it's possible you can see, yeah, this is all true. This is true. But practically, it's not the same thing. So the whole Indian, the Moshe, God and Jewish people together, he's tell, he tells them, I want to tell you guys something brand new. I want to tell you that everything is like Shabbos, and it's real, and it's in this physical world, and you have to relax, and it's true. And it's not just true in heaven, it's true in Aramaic, and this is what Mbiyas Mashiach is about. Feeling the truth of Hashem in the mundane, in the physical, in the weekdays, and be relaxed the whole week, and then comes, and then the whole, then comes Shabbos, the double Shabbos. That's, how, that's what Yom Kippur is about. Yom Kippur is rectification of the sin of the golden calf. What's the rectification of the sin of, gold, of idolatry? The rectification of idolatry is that you're involved in the physical, you see things, it looks like they had some power, and you say, no, there's nothing besides Hashem. You feel that in, in what you're involved in. <laughs>